Since the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act passed, when discussing real estate, and I and most other people have concentrated on the ability to take a 20% deduction against rental income. A nice deduction indeed, but what if you have a loss from rental real estate? What do the rules say then? This podcast will explain how taxpayers handle these losses. Welcome to the Accounting Tips for Entrepreneurs podcast. My name is Jeff Skolnick and I am a CPA with 35 years of experience working with small business owners, entrepreneurs, and network marketers on how to make their business more successful by understanding how taxes can work in their favor and not hurt their business. Each and every week I'm going to come to you with short, quick, and helpful tips on not only how to make sure you are doing everything possible to minimize your income tax liability, but also how to create the income for your business that you truly deserve. Before I jump into today's topic, I would like to thank Feedspot.com for including my podcast in their list of the top 15 accounting podcasts. Again, that's Feedspot.com. Now, many people I speak to have questions regarding rental properties. Real estate has always been one of the most popular investment vehicles, but with the myriad of rules surrounding rental real estate, taxpayers are often confused by what they can and cannot do on their tax returns. This podcast offers a quick overview of the rules relating to rental real estate. Since the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act passed, when discussing real estate, I and most other people have concentrated on the ability to take a 20% deduction against rental income. A nice deduction indeed, But what if you have a loss from rental real estate? What do the rules say then? Again, this podcast will explain how taxpayers handle these losses. Let me start out by giving you a little bit of background. The government generally only allows losses from passive activities to offset income from passive activities. Now, passive activities are any trade or business in which the taxpayer does not materially participate. I'm going to go over what material participation is in a minute. Real estate rental is generally considered to be a passive activity, and therefore, if the general rule were followed, losses would only be allowed against income from passive activities. There are, however, two major exceptions to the general rule. The two exceptions are one, for real estate professionals, and two, for losses uh, up to $25,000 subject to uh, an adjusted gross income phase out, which again, I'm going to cover in the next couple of minutes. First off, I want to explain how it works for a real estate professional. A qualifying real estate professional is allowed to deduct losses from a rental property without limit, meaning they're not limited by the $25,000 and they don't have an adjusted gross income limitation. These losses, while without limit, would still have to be legitimate and expenses are subject to the same definition of ordinary necessary as all other businesses. A taxpayer qualifies as a real estate professional if more than half of the personal services that he or she performs during the year are performed in real property trades or businesses in which he or she materially participates and he or she performs more than 750 hours of services during the year in real property trades or businesses in which he or she materially participates so real estate real property generally refers to real estate and real estate property trades or businesses include any real property development, redevelopment, construction, reconstruction, 
acquisition, conversion, rental, operation, management, leasing, or brokerage trade or businesses. So there are a lot of different services that are considered to be real estate services for um, this uh, rule about becoming a, a, a real estate professional. What I want to get into next is material participation. A material participation is a standard in, in, in that's a pretty tough standard to meet. And it basically what, you're, what the government is trying to do is say, hey, you're only a material participant if that truly is your business, not if you're just sort of renting property on the side. So material participation is defined as the individual participates in the activity for more than 500 hours during the year or the individual participates in the activity for the taxable year constitutes substantially all of the participation in such activity of all individuals. So in other words, maybe the activity doesn't require 500 uh, hours of activity during the year, but if the individual performs all of the activity, let's say it's only 100 hours, then obviously they materially participate because they do everything. Uh, A third way is the individual participates in the activity for more than 100 hours during the year, and such individual's participation in the activity is not less than the participation of any other individual, including non-owners. So in other words, the individual has to work at least 100 hours and has to work more hours than anybody else in the business, owner or non-owner. A fourth way would be the activity is a significant participation uh, activity, and that's a somewhat lesser standard than material participation, and I'm really not going to get into that. Um, but so the taxpayer significantly participates and the, and the individual's aggregate participation in all significant participation activities exceeds 500 hours. Uh, a fifth way would be the individual materially participated in the activity uh, for, the, for any five taxable years during the last 10 taxable years, and none of those have to be consecutive. Uh, another way would be the activity is a personal service activity and the individual materially participate in the activity for any three taxable years preceding the taxable year, or a facts and circumstances uh, method that can also be used. Now, again, I know I give you a lot of rules that are very technical. I don't expect anybody to necessarily remember all of them. I just want to kind of put them out there so you know what they are. But what you can really glean from this whole thing is that in order to be considered a real estate professional, the government really requires your virtually your entire business to be in the real estate field again in one of those uh, activities that I mentioned a minute or two ago and if you are then if you incur losses from a rental property you're not subject to the rules again which we're about to go over for regular individuals uh, if you're a real estate tax professional you are not limited to a $25,000 loss per year and you also do not have the adjusted gross income limitation So again, if you're truly a real estate professional, that's going to make sense to you. If you have to start really examining those rules very closely, you may not be a real estate tax professional. And obviously, if you have questions, you should certainly be discussing this with a tax professional because it it can be a very significant deduction, which can be very helpful. Uh, But if done incorrectly, it can also be something that can show up as a a major understatement of taxes on your income tax return. So make sure you know what's going on with it. So let's discuss how it is for most people, you know, people that are not real estate tax professionals or real estate professionals. Um, They are subject to a $25,000 allowance. So taxpayers qualifying for this treatment are allowed to deduct up to $25,000 of rental real estate losses against their ordinary income. 
In order to be eligible for this deduction, the taxpayer must actively participate in the rental activity. Now, active participation is a much, much lesser standard than the strict rules I just gave you on material participation. The active participation means that the taxpayer or their spouse must own at least 10% of the rental property and must have substantial involvement in the management of the property. Active participation includes making management decisions and arranging for others to provide services. Examples of these decisions would be approving new tenants, deciding on rental terms, and approving capital improvements or repair expenditures. Taxpayers may qualify as active participants even if utilizing a management company, but they must be able to show that they do actually participate in some of these decisions that I just outlined. Now, if a taxpayer meets the above criteria, they may deduct losses from rental activities of up to $25,000 in a year subject to an income phase out. When a taxpayer's adjusted gross income exceeds $100,000, the $25,000 limitation is reduced by $1 for every $2 a taxpayer's income exceeds $100,000 until the entire loss is disallowed once the adjusted gross income reaches $150,000. Because obviously once you hit $150,000, you phased out $1 for every $2, so the whole $25,000 is phased out. Now, for taxpayers that are married and filing separately, the limitations are $12,500, not $25,000. And instead of phasing out beginning at uh, $100,000, it starts at $50,000. Again, this podcast um, covers some general questions relating to how rental real estate losses are taken. Again, if you are a real estate professional, you certainly saw that the rules there were very stringent and very complicated. You should certainly be speaking to a tax professional. If you are looking just for the active participation, the $25,000 loss, and your income is below $150,000, certainly I would take the loss if you are able to. But again, if you're not certain about this, it's a big deduction, which is great and you want to make sure you do it correctly but again you don't want to do it incorrectly so please discuss this with a tax professional so again hope this helps you guys out thanks again for listening to the accounting tips for entrepreneurs podcast If you could please head over to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or Spotify and leave me a five-star rating and write a review. Also, please connect with me on social media. If there are any tax or accounting-related topics you would like me to cover, please don't hesitate to reach out and let me know. If you are that small business owner or entrepreneur that really wants to learn more about how to minimize your tax liability and maximize your income, just head over to www.jeffcpaworld.com and I'll see you over there. Have a great day.